Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Thursday, December 16th. Coming up on the show today, Josh Ward from WNML will break down the Tennessee Volunteers recruiting class. The Nashville Predators put 12 total players and members of the coaching staff onto the COVID-19 list. But we begin with two of the wildest stories from National Signing Day and why it is no longer a circus in college football. I just want to remind you guys, of course, of the Kingston Group. You know I do it every single morning. These folks are award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. The best people in the business in Nashville, of course, the home industry. Slammed right now in this market, but you need to make smart decisions for your home, for your family, and for your bank accounts. And that's where the Kingston Group comes in. Check out their website. Have a conversation with them. Buildkg.com. Just talk with them. I guarantee you will learn something. You will be a smarter homeowner because of it, whether you use them or not. Buildkg.com. Remember the name, the Kingston Group. So I've worked on National Signing Day, covered National Signing Day, worked as a recruiting editor or for a recruiting company in college football for the better part of almost 20 years. And while National Signing Day used to be a complete and total circus, it is now fairly tame. But I do miss some of the hijinks and the shenanigans. So I thought I'd tell you my two favorite stories of recruiting nonsense on National Signing Day and then tell you why it's not happening anymore. So number one, Floyd Raven, a cornerback four-star recruit out of Louisiana, is signing to go to Texas A&M. He's decided he's going to go be an Aggie. However, Houston Nutt and the Ole Miss Rebels have a letter of intent with his signature on it. Well, it turns out that his mother had forged the signature of her son and sent it into Houston Nutt and the Ole Miss Rebels without her son's knowledge of the situation. Well, of course, he says he wasn't home. He then signs his actual letter of intent and sends it into Texas A&M. That is completely ridiculous and probably my favorite story of all time, a forged signature by a mom because he was going to A&M and not Ole Miss. Along the lines of another mom and some paperwork, my other favorite story about National Signing Day, Alex Collins, five-star running back out of South Florida, commits to Brett Bielema in Arkansas two days before signing day. Well, he shows up at his high school on National Signing Day to sign the paperwork at a big ceremony wearing a suit and tie. It turns out the mom, who wants him to go to Miami and stay home, has absconded with the paperwork, run away, and cannot be found anywhere. So he doesn't sign the paperwork. He doesn't do the ceremony. He doesn't show up. You know, he waits a couple more days before he actually makes a big decision. I guess my only question there on that story is, does Plantation High School not have a printer? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what exactly she she thought she was going to be stealing there. Um, the dad eventually signed the letter of intent. He goes to Arkansas, actually had a pretty good career at Arkansas and ended up playing uh, in the NFL. So the reason these things aren't happening, which I find really interesting, because part of me misses all the hijinks and the craziness and the drama of National Signing Day. But, but part of me also enjoys that it's a little calmer and a little more normal and a little bit more businesslike. And I'm not talking about Isaiah Crowell pulling out a bulldog puppy, which is adorable, or... Andre Smith putting on a houndstooth fedora. Like, I'm not talking about normal stuff. I'm, I'm talking about the crazy drama that actually makes headlines for, like, for sort of the wrong reasons. And I think the reason it's not happening anymore is because it's bad for the brand. It's bad for the athlete. It's bad for the parents, the coaches, the schools, and now potential brand partners, because you're going to be partnering, right, with a company, ideally, if you're a big-time recruit and you go to big-time college. I think everyone, every party involved has realized it's bad for the brand to be one of these dramatic soap opera headlines on National Signing Day. It has nothing to do with the portal, nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with the early signing period. It has everything to do with parents and athletes and coaches and schools and now business partners acknowledging that it's bad for the brand to be getting all these weird headlines on National Signing Day. 
It is Thursday on the show, so we welcome Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville, at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter to the show. Josh, good to see you. Happy National Signing Day to you and everybody in Knoxville. Um, how, how, how excited are people about the way Tennessee closed on the recruiting trail? I think fans are excited because a couple of names were added that were somewhat unexpected for signing day, for the early signing period. Number one, Tyree West, the former Georgia commit who looked like he was headed to Florida State and then ended up signing with Tennessee. So there's a four-star that's added to a class that didn't have a lot of four-stars in it. That was a surprise. So the surprise element excites people. And then James Pierce signing with Tennessee when the anticipation was that he would be signing in February, which also made it seem like it would be harder for Tennessee to land him. All of a sudden, his name shows up on the list. A couple of four-star guys on the defensive front. That excites fans. I think fans are just, overall, they're really happy about where things are with Tennessee football. You have the news. While it's not signing day news, but Hendon Hooker is officially coming back, there's just an overall positive vibe. So then adding a few surprise elements to the class to see Tennessee move up in the rankings, probably higher than most fans expected. I don't think they could have asked for much more. I know they didn't ask for much more. It is obviously 2023 is a loaded year in the state of Tennessee and Josh Heupel is going to have to sort of kick it up another notch, but it is, did he get the pieces he needed at the right positions in this class? At least. I think so with the additions of West and Pierce, because the defensive front was a concern that I have, but with Joshua Josephs a few weeks ago and then Pierce, that is some legitimate talent, I think, to be able to help rushing the passer, which is a significant need for Tennessee's defense, especially the way the Tennessee's defense is required to play with the way the offense runs. So finding pass rush help was needed. Tyree West helps as you're trying to find as many players as you can to help on the interior of the defensive line. Justin Williams is a late addition. He's a guy that joined the class officially on signing day. He helps at running back with Tyon Evans leaving the program. So I think they did a good job of hitting some needs. Probably would have liked another defensive back. There were some guys they missed out on that ended up choosing Auburn this week. So Tennessee did not land everybody that it expected to. But I don't think anybody expected them to land everybody. And also you think about this, back to talking about just where the mood is. Sunday and Monday and and a lot of Tuesday – there was not a big uh, swing of momentum toward Tennessee on the recruiting trail. A lot of it seemed to be pulling away. So for Tennessee to then grab some of that back, I think adds to it. So we'll see how these players develop. Wide receiver would be another position. They need to add more talent, more speed. And I think they did that. Holding on to Squirrel White, one of the best names in the class, and also really good speed, keeping some other SEC teams from landing him, ends up being kind of a double win and that he doesn't go somewhere else in the league and he could be a good playmaker in this offense. Josh Ward, always a pleasure, man. Thank you for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward, WNML in Knoxville as well. Thank you, man. Thank you. So the National Predators got their Tuesday night game with Calgary canceled, and Ryan Johansson was already on the COVID list as of Sunday. Well, as of Wednesday afternoon, the Nashville Predators added five more players and six members of the traveling party onto the COVID list. Mikhail Granlund, Matt Luff, Michael McCarron, and Philip Tomasino, as well as defenseman Ben Harper, joined Johansson as six players on the COVID list. And, of course, head coach John Hines, assistant coaches Dan Lambert and Todd Richards, and goaltending coach Ben Vanderlock are all part of the traveling party list of COVID members as well. So that is six players and six members of 
of the traveling party, 12 if you're counting at home. And this, of course, after Calgary, Carolina, Ottawa have all had major breakouts. The NHL is dealing with a major influx of COVID cases. And the Olympics, which don't start until February 9th in China, are now very much in doubt as the NHL this week is spending a lot of time with the NHLPA and the Olympics rules and medical doctors trying to decide if and when and how they can still go play in the Olympics. In the meantime, the NHL is still worried about getting all of the 82 games in. As of Wednesday afternoon, the Predators have two games postponed. They're probably going to have to postpone a couple of their own games while other teams across the league are dealing with this. In the meantime, the NFL has had 75 players enter COVID protocol in two days. The NBA, the Chicago Bulls, and other teams are having to seriously consider canceling and postponing games. It's just not good for sports right now as we head into the holidays here. The good news is is that most of these cases and most of these athletes, and especially their families, are all asymptomatic, are all doing okay, and because they've been vaccinated, they're fine. But it does raise major questions about whether or not Roman Yossi might have to stay in China for three to five weeks quarantining if he tests positive. And uh, it's going to make for some crazy information and some crazy times with the NHL and the Olympics and what's going on with the Nashville Predators. There There are at least six players on the Nashville Predators roster that could be playing in the Olympics. Should they end up having to quarantine in Beijing could mean with 10 weeks to go in the regular season, if you get over there and you're stuck there for seven, eight, nine weeks, you may miss a lot of games. So there's a lot of players making a lot of tough decisions about the Olympics if the NHLPA doesn't make it for them. If you want more information about all of the inner workings of the COVID problem with the NHL, the Olympics, the Predators, all the different things at play, please make sure you check out the Gold Standard Podcast out every single Thursday right here on the 440 Sports Network. We talked a lot about the five-game winning streak and UC Saros and expectations changing for this team and a lot of hockey, so go check out the Gold Standard Podcast out everywhere podcasts are found. Special thanks to the Kingston Group, of course, for bringing you the 440 every single morning. They are Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. BuildKG.com is the website. Before you make any big decisions about your house, make sure you talk to the great people over at the Kingston Group. That's BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall at 440 Sports as well. Please share the product. We do appreciate it. This has been the 440 for Thursday, December 16th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.